0: Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up
1: wise
2: eye presents. Stand. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. I like Shwelley's your host. Along with my director of radio, Mr. Mike Crace, my co host. And Mike, it has been warm today here in the Ozarks.
3: <laughs> well, wait till the weekend. <laughs> of course, this show is going to air on the weekend. But this weekend, we're looking at mid to upper 90s, Alex, across southern Missouri oh, and northern Arkansas. Uh, all the fish are going to go hide.
2: Yeah, they're going to hide. They're going to go deep or they're going to go into yeah. dark or areas where there's are springs. They don't want to get a suntan. And I, I, I tell you, this warm weather, we fished a tournament last weekend on the current river. It was the CRSA Don from Missouri tournament. There was 26 boats in it, Red Bone, well, that's good. That's a bunch of boats for a river tournament. Now, 26 boats. The winning weight was like 998. And the winner of the tournament was Casting Carringer and his partner, the last name Green. Green, this was his first time to ever fish a river tournament, and he won it with Casting Carringer oh, with wow. 998, I believe.
3: Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's a pretty good way to start your career. <laughs> all, all oh, there, it is. I yeah, mean, all the way you can go now is down.
2: That's right, <laughs> you know, and, and – the cool thing is both of these guys are like 24 years old and younger. They've whipped up on us older guys.
3: Well, maybe they just, uh, well, I won't even say that. Uh, you know, Sometimes it has a lot to do, <laughs> sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. How about that? That's what I'll say in defense of the old guys.
2: Well, yeah, okay, defense of the old guys. But I can tell you this, that casting carringer is probably one of the best spinnerbait fishermen I've ever fished with in my life on the current river. But uh, our subject today on the show, since we've mentioned, Mr. Kasten Carringer and his partner, Mr. Green, uh, is going to be interviewing Mr. Kasten Carringer, uh, Missouri Ozarks boy from Pomper Bluff, Missouri. We're going to talk about his American roots. And uh, I know you got some announcements to make. People are seeing bear now here in the Ozarks Redbone. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, and, seeing lots of bear. You ready for this? You ready for this? My neighbor... Come over and visit with me yesterday evening, and he said one of his cousins saw a mountain lion within a half a mile of my house two days ago.
3: Oh, really? Then
2: then he shows me a picture that they got off their property of a mountain lion earlier this spring. Oh, wow! So we've got a mountain lion, and and two years ago I had a guy visit me. And he does carpenter work, and he was living over at Thunder Ridge. And I saw my security camera popped up and on my house, and I saw this guy walk on my porch, and I knew who it was. I see him walk to the door, and I keep, keep watching him looking to the west of my yard as he's going to my door. And all of a sudden, I see him turn and run back to his car. So I get in my vehicle run there and find out what's going on. And I meet him on the road, and he was—he he looked like as sh- white as a sheep. <laughs> and I said, what's going on? What was you doing? He goes, Alex, you're not going to believe it. I said, what? So there was a mountain lion in your yard chasing a yearling deer on the edge of your yard. Oh, wow. That could be where some of our turkeys are going to here
3: in our area. Uh, that could be, yeah. And I think the mountain lions are getting to be a, you know a little more populated as well, along with the bears. And, and both of them are hard on the, uh, the turkey nest, but... Yeah, there's there's reportedly been one in my neck of the woods uh, for several years. I've never seen it, uh, but some of the neighbors have, and some of the neighbors have gotten it on trail camera pictures. So, uh, and and there's supposedly there's a bear out there running around somewhere. I also have never seen it or any sign of it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know neighbors say he's out there. And, and one of my neighbors actually called me one day, I was at work, and said, "Hey, I just ran a bear out of my yard. He's headed toward your house." And only thing I could think was, <laughs> only thing I could think was, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah, oh, yeah. There, there's no, yeah. My dogs are pinned up, and uh, now the yeah. bear's gonna climb in a pen and whoop my dogs. But anyway, uh, it didn't happen. It never yeah. made it to the house, apparently. So, but yeah, they're out there, Alex. Yeah. They're out there. And you know, one of the things I think that we need to tell people, when we tell these stories is uh, you really shouldn't fear these animals because if they see you or smell you, they're going to turn, tail, and run unless you get between them and their youngins.
2: You know, you're right, Redbone. And you, you got to watch the mama sows. Yes. Those mama sows can be vicious and they're very protective of their baby cubs. And uh, I just want to make mention here before we wrap up this first segment and our special guest today, again, is Casting Carringer. Uh, from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, who just recently won the CRSA tournament, Donovan, Missouri. Wayne Locke is still under the weather a little bit, and he's still trying mm-hmm. to recuperate from his open-heart surgery. So I want to give a special shout-out to, to Wayne. He'll be back next week, and uh, he is getting better, but he still just doesn't feel up to being on the show. So... Uh, Prayers and thoughts for you, Wayne, when you yeah. listen to this and you edit the show.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, I think Wayne, you know, thought that he would feel a little better, a little faster, and, I, and that's the way it always goes with a surgery. Is you always think oh, I'm going to be back up and at him in a couple of weeks? And you know, the older you get, the longer it takes. Uh, Alex before you take this break. I do want to mention one thing here, and a, and a reminder again to Missouri uh, deer hunters uh, that the time is now if you want to apply online for one of the uh, 100 or so managed deer hunts this fall through the Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, Just go to mdc.mo.gov forward slash managed hunt, and you can pick out the hunt you want to apply for, and uh, they'll be doing that drawing the first part of August. And those are really cool, and I know you've been on some of those with Wounded Warriors Mm -hmm. and and other folks that are... Uh, you have disabilities and, you know, young kids and different things. It's really a cool thing that the Missouri Department of Conservation does on some areas where other people don't get to hunt.
2: Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of great things that MDC does, and uh, we got to give, give a big shout out to them and thank them for what they're doing. And uh, if you ever get the chance to hunt one of these places, and you have not, You can learn a lot of things about wildlife management on your properties or areas that you may hunt. So I encourage you all to try to get drawn for these hunts because you will appreciate it and you will love it. And everybody, we're going to go to a break. We come back. We've got Caston Carringer. He's going to talk about his American roots and his fishing tactics on the current river. This young man is an absolute smallmouth bass catching beast. Don't go away. We'll come right back with more. American Roots Outdoors right after this.
1: Right here, right now, this is Chancy Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. Joe's our
0: Wishing on some love. I've been on a big for a while. Him in the back of my truck Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day?
3: I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move.
0: Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement, exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology. This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera. On a camera. That- WiseEyeTechnologies.com.
3: And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to
0: WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use wise Eye. Up a Big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear.
2: Denali Rods presents. Welcome back to American Reach Outdoors, everybody, segment two of our show. And as promised, we've got one of them best smallmouth fish on the current river in the ozarks that's joined us today i talked about him in the first segment of the show this young man is 23 years old he's a new daddy by the way to red oh
3: well congratulations
2: now, welcome to the show casting carringer oh it's
1: good to be here thank you for having me how are
2: y'all doing today we're doing good. It's been warm today. Redbone's been in the studio since uh, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah, Dang, That's a long day.
3: Yeah, it's a long yeah. day, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, so we're going to kick this show off like this, everybody. Uh, if you've never met Caston Carringer, I, I fished some tournaments with him, and we won several trophies together uh, several years ago. Uh, casting is a bass, smallmouth bass, catching beast. This kid, I'm going to say it again, is I call you a kid, is the best spinnerbait fisherman I've ever fished with in my life. He can throw a spinnerbait, I guarantee you, in a coffee cup at 30 yards, Redbone.
3: Oh, wow. That's pretty good.
2: And this kid, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I know he's great, very humble, aren't you? Sure. I,
1: I am. I don't, I don't like to brag too terribly much. I will say Alex is telling the truth, but I don't show everybody that.
2: <laughs> no, he won't. But, but anyway, let's talk about this. Kaston is 23 years old. Let's talk about where Caston was born.
1: All right. Well, I'm from Papa Bluff, Missouri. Uh, I'm not from the city part. I'm up from W. Highway that's back up in the hills, kind of by Wapato. And we did a lot of pond fishing up there when we weren't on the river. So every single day of my life, just about from whenever I could pull the fishing pole until I graduated high school, those were my evenings. Going out, fishing. I mean doing the same thing every single day, the Black River or Lackloma Lake. That's where it was at.
2: Red bones.
3: Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's what it takes if someone wants to be, and I, I kind of get the idea that maybe Caston wants to advance his fishing career, but that's the kind of dedication that it takes is you got to get out there every day. So, Caston is I mean, is this kind of a dream of yours to become a professional fisherman, and, and maybe was that something that you decided early in your life, or you j- do you just do it because you like it?
1: I'll be honest with you. I do it because I love it. I I don't think I could do it. I don't think I can live without doing it. I have to fish. It's mm-hmm. part of my life. You know how you go to church and mm-hmm. you have your daily routine. You have the things that make you, you. Mm-hmm. So without the fishing, I'm not me. <laughs> I, can, I, I, I cannot live without it. That's the honest truth.
2: And you're the same way with hunting. He, he's an avid bow hunter, turkey hunter. And I want to go back a little bit here. You talked about jumping pond to pond as a little kid, and you've done a lot of that pond jumping with another young man that's an absolute smallmouth-catching beast, and I think he's only 17 years old, and that's Cason Henderson.
1: Yeah, now Cason uh, Henderson is more than likely going to be in the pros whenever he goes to college. Oh, Oh, he's going, he, from what I hear, he's going for fishing college scholarships on big lakes, and he's he's the head of the fishing team at Papa Bluff. He started it, the high school fishing team. So if anybody in Papa Bluff, Missouri, I mean in Missouri, is going to go pro within the next 10 years, it, it's going to be that kid. I can tell you that right now.
2: Well, him and his dad, Redbone, and all the mm-hmm. listeners that listened all over the world, we air in 19 country, casting. So look, check yeah. this out. This yeah. boy, this dad has won a lot of tournaments, haven't
1: they? Casey? Yeah, they have. They have. They've. Uh, I know they're up in the double digits, or they should be by now.
2: Oh yeah, they they've won a bunch. Uh, but anyway, back to you. Uh, you fished a lot with him. I'm very good friends with him. So let's let's ask you this. Do you remember? Your first smallmouth that you caught, can you remember it, and who was you with?
1: I was with my uh, dad, and, and yeah, I do. The first smallmouth I ever caught, actually, it was on a spinnerbait. Uh, I couldn't fish a bait because I couldn't keep it off the bottom long enough, so he gave me a spinnerbait and said, throw it out and reel it in. And if you know uh, Rancho Rio, you know uh, the ranch oh, yeah. downstream? It's uh-huh. right upriver there. I caught it off the riprap. I remember it plain as day, off the uh, second boat ramp on the left side.
2: Wow! Now you guys uh, make your make your own spinnerbaits, baits too. We'll talk about that later. But so you do remember that, and that is awesome, Redbone. It's kind of like remembering your first turkey, your first deer.
3: Yeah, I think that and, is and pretty. Re-
2: pretty re- Mr.
1: Yeah. Redbone. I, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. May, may I, speak? Uh, I apologize for not answering your question before. I've hmm. always been interested in fishing professionally. I don't see it being in the cards right now. Just financially speaking, it's a big leap to go into that next caliber of event. And i I'm one 100% certainly not there yet. I just had my my, uh, third child, and I am rooted to the ground like a tree. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, all. That's right. I'm back back to what you're saying. I apologize for
3: interrupting.
2: Uh No, you're doing great, but – Redbone was going to ask you a question. Go ahead,
3: Redbone. Well, I was just going to ask, you know, that that first fish, I mean, from that point then, I mean, or not the first fish, but the first smallmouth, uh, was it from that point then you said, I want to catch these things all the time. I mean, do do you remember that kind of turning it on for you, or, you know, was it something else that that clicked somewhere down the road, maybe fishing for largemouth in the lake or, you know, fishing for crappie or something else that kind of really got you excited?
1: I liked how it's the only constant, other than hunting, really in my life. Everything else changes. The, the, the way the banking changes, the way that the, everything is ran in our day-to-day life changes from year to year.
2: But the fish stay the same. It's always the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Everybody, we're going to go to a break. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors, and our special guest today is the CRSA current champion winner of the last tournament, Caston Carringer. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this.
0: This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends.
2: A
1: big
3: old hill, year after year, Morning the Ammunition presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Redledge and his friends. I'm the Mike Grace. Alex is with us. And Caring uh, uh, Carringer. Kering, Did I say that right? Yes, sir. You got it right. Okay, I got it right. You know, it's only a natural that a guy named Kasten would be a fisherman. I just wanted to throw, kind of throw that out there. <laughs> All right, so uh, Kasten. Uh, you know, let's talk about the sports, and, and I'm a sports guy, and, and Poplar Bluff is a big sports town, so i got to ask, that did you grow up playing sports other than hunting and fishing, in the traditional sports, football, basketball, baseball?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I shot trap in high school, and then I played little league all the way up until the start of junior high, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Okay. Uh, But once you got in high school, kind of gave it up. I guess fishing was taking all of your time.
2: It really was. It's uh, every other weekend. I got a question for you. Are you a St. Louis Cardinals fan?
1: I honestly do not watch a whole lot of baseball. I I do not,
2: (laughs) (laughs) know. I guess this family, new family, you have this new child and your other two children keep you really busy. Let's talk about them and talk about your beautiful wife. Let's talk about them real quick.
1: All uh, right. Well, my wife's name is Michaela. And then I just had my uh, youngest son. His name is trennis Reed Carringer. And then my uh, two other children, they're actually, uh, they're stepchildren. Uh, they came with the wonderful wife. And they are uh, Riley Isabella Birch and David Mason Birch. And they are amazing kids. And then my wife's name is Michaela. And we've been together now three years. And honestly, it's, I, I, I tell her every day, I, I can't remember my life before. It's, mm. it's where I'm supposed to be. I'm in my tracks, if that makes sense.
3: I think that's fantastic. And, Alex, there's a new song out, and uh, my youngest son also is married to a uh, a young lady who had two children before from a previous relationship. And, and there's a new song out in country music, and I don't know if you're a country music fan or not, but uh, there's a guy that uh, does a song. It's called My Boy. And there is a line in the song that says, "You may not, I'm, we may not be blood, but I haven't missed a ball game yet." And oh, and, yeah. and I think it's one of the best songs in country music right now. And it, it kind of uh, you know pays homage to guys that, that that become fathers for children that aren't theirs. And it sounds like, Kasten, you're one yeah. of those guys. So I take my hat off to you.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, you love your children, don't you,
1: Pastor: Oh, oh yeah. yeah it's oh yeah. It's funny, actually. My little girl, she's five. She asks me every time I do an evening hunt if she, can, if this is the time she gets to come with me and come do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and whenever I say every time, I mean every single time I've ever left the house, and she was there. She asked me.
2: Well, how old are your children? Let's talk about their ages.
1: Uh, Riley, the girl, she's five. Mm -hmm. David is two and a half, and then Trennis is pushing three weeks right now. Wow.
2: Wow, that's beautiful.
1: So you haven't had any sleep in five
3: years.
2: Go ahead, Redbone.
3: I was going to say, you haven't had any sleep now in like five years.
1: (laughs) It it feels like it. I'm up every (laughs) hour and a half now for the last
2: two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. What have you got to say to all the young listeners that's listening here that that may be thinking about getting married and having children? Say something to inspire them uh, or, or just be truthful with them. Tell them what it's like being a father. The truth is, growing up,
1: all the adults, everybody said it was horrible and it would be all this work and it would just be bad. But the first step is finding a woman that you can trust, someone that's going to be decent and act decent. You're going to have to stop being social with all these other people and females. You're going to have to commit to this person that you're, that you're with and say, you're my partner. Because The only way to work this system that we're in is to find your partner that will work with you and not against you. That is your first step. Find you a real woman. And then once you've got your real woman, she'll help you with the children. She'll help you with your work. She'll help you with home and you and you have to be a real man. You have to help her. It's got to be equal, because if it's not equal, the one that's getting left out will pick up on that. And they'll oh, know that yeah. they deserve more. And, and if they and we'll, don't do anything about it, they'll become hateful. And if they do do something about it, they'll find someone who treats them
2: right. Yeah, If I may add live to this, uh, and you're a Christian, you want to get uh, grounded in a good church, too, right?
1: Yes. And we do, right now, we're doing online churches, church just because of, you know, the pandemic. Oh, it, and yeah. Just you're being worried half to death that someone's going to get sick and it's going to, you know, <laughs> topple the pyramid of financial distress. That is you what know, well, we're all going through right now, but it's getting better. It's getting better.
2: Yes, it is. But, very, very um, intelligent young man here,
3: Redbone. Yeah, he is. And, and I'd just like to I- expand a little bit on something he said about finding. Uh, uh, a, a good mate and, and a, you know, somebody to be compatible with. I read uh, just not too long ago. Somebody said that people are always saying that a marriage is 50, 50 and it really isn't. A marriage mm-hmm. is 100, 100. There you go. I mean, it really oh, is. Yeah. I mean, if you try and divide the chores, I mean, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, if you try and divide the chores and divide the responsibilities, that usually doesn't work out. It's gotta be both people willing to do everything all the time.
1: Oh yeah, and a lot of that, what you just said, a 100, 100. You really really think about how true that is. If one of you's having an off day, your partner putting in a four hundred percent is picking up your slack.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Especially yeah. With kids.
3: yeah, and I've, well, I've I, learned, I
1: like the way you think.
3: Yeah, and I've learned Linda that after Bird being married. That for me. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been married, yeah. Alex? You and Linda Bird.
2: Linda Bird and I've been married since nineteen ninety three.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, I can been be married I,
2: quite a few years.
3: I can be that. Miss Nina and I've been married since nineteen eighty. We are working on forty one years Oh, this year. wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Y'all y'all are making me feel little. I've been married a year and a half. <laughs> Good grief, though.
2: <Owen. laughs> well, we we can share some things too as we we go through that the show, but uh so we talked about your roots, where you're born, your dad. Let's talk about your mom and dad real quick, and, and your grandparents real quick before we go to a break. Uh, what do you want to know? All right, tell us about your grandpa and grandma, on both sides. All right.
1: So my uh, grandma, and my grandpa on my mom's side was uh, Irish and then Hispanic from from actually from Spain. Hmm. So it's not thinking, don't think, no, I'm a Mexican individual, think a very tall hand, it's, it's hard to explain, you have to go to Spain to see. But a Hispanic on one side, and the other side is Cherokee and Germanic. And my uh, my grandparents on my mom's side are from New Mexico and Colorado, and then my dad's side are from here in Farmington.
2: Hmm. So, Carragher, yeah. and what what was your mother's maiden name?
1: Gutierrez. Gutierrez, okay. So, yeah, your grandpa. Oh, I'm sorry, continue.
2: No, that's right, your grandpa. Uh, he's the one that probably taught you how to make spinnerbaits. We're not going to go into all the details, but you guys have your own personal spinnerbaits that you make. And I'm going to say this, it, it's the best spinnerbait that I've ever used on the current river, everybody. it yes. is Bar none. They will not make and sell very many to very many people, will you, Cassidy? Just a few people. <laughs> no, it's 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 like uh, it's like you know how people used to talk about
1: grandma's re- uh, family family recipe. You know she won't give it to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, It's the same thing. You can't brand the Caringer spinnerbait. It belongs to the Caringers. <laughs> Every once in <laughs> a while, someone gets a hold of one, but. John, oh, it's, it's not me saying that. It's the family saying that. I'd in trouble if I give them away or something. I mean, yeah, Alex will oh, tell you.
2: Oh, yeah. I've got a few of them, but nobody else is going to get them. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, <laughs> Alex, we
1: need to get a hold of.
3: Yeah, and Alex, right there, we need to take a break. We'll be back with more of American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends in just a moment.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American
2: Roots Outdoors.
0: Around your park. So you never got to worry hey, what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevett at the Prevett Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Brevet at the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney.
2: Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Alex Rutledge, I'm calling into the studio, casting parents calling in from Popper Bluff, Missouri, uh, Redbone's on the sound boards, uh, recording everything. Uh, I'm watching deer out in the woods in front of my house. Hummingbirds are hitting the feeders here, casting. And, uh, what a great show we've had so far with this young, young man, Redbone.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. learned a little bit about him. And, uh, you know, we've been seeing his name on the leaderboards on, on Facebook for a couple of years from the, uh, you know, the current river smallmouth association. So, um, uh, yeah, good to put a voice with the faith and the name. So now we got to get his face on there.
2: Yeah, we do. You know, Caston's roots run really deep, as he shared with us. His grandpa, they have the Carringer spinnerbait. They won't let many people have access to it. And uh, his dad has taught him a lot about how to fish these rivers. And uh, what we're going to do in this last segment of the radio show, we're going to talk about his love and his passion. For fishing the rivers here in the Ozarks. And in the bonus segment of the podcast, and to be able to listen to his fishing strategies, you've got to be uh, go to a podcast carrier and talk in America, reach out to Alex Rutledge to listen to the entirety of the show. So, that being said, my question first, and Red Bone will have one after you answer it, is uh, why is it so addictive? to fish the rivers. Why do you have a passion for fishing the rivers? Let's talk about that.
1: I think the biggest part of it is you never have the same day twice and nothing fights
2: like a smallmouth bass. That is a great answer. So you like the challenge of what you're saying is if you go one day with a spinnerbait and you go the next day, you may not catch them. You may go one oh. day with a, a green gets it and go back with a green get to the next day, you ain't going to catch them. They change, don't they?
1: That's exactly right. And as we were talking about on the break, they remember if you mm-hmm. use the same bait too often, if everyone is using the same bait too often, it starts being ineffective against the bigger fish. I will it, say and it, it, it's a clear pattern.
2: It is. You know, uh, you got certain guys that's won tournaments year after year after year. And and I think you will agree with me when I say this. There was 26 boats in that tournament. That's a lot of boats. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, of those 26 boats, every one of those guys are excellent fishermen. They really are. But there's Mm -hmm. about, of the 26, I wouldn't be afraid to say there's probably 20 on any given day that could win a tournament. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, I definitely agree with that.
2: So it, what's, the, what's the secret to winning? Other than okay. having the right base, what do you think the real secret is to winning a CRS tournament? Well,
1: I'd say you've got three to five variables that you always have to take into consideration. This is at least what me and my, my, my team and my alternate, well, this is all we talk about. The first thing is timing. You've got to consider that time it takes to sit down and retie. You've got to consider yep. the time it takes to get to your spot. A five mm-hmm. minute difference is a difference between an extra five minutes of that particular bite and no bite at all. And when I say that particular bite, that's part two of this three to five steps that you've got to follow. That part mm-hmm. two is you have to be at the right water at the right time. Early morning, they're gonna be one of two places. They're either mm-hmm. gonna be out in the open feeding, or they're mm-hmm. gonna be on cover and they're gonna be sitting there waiting. They're hungry. No matter yeah. what they are what they've been doing, no matter what the moon is, when that sun comes up, it's feeding time. That's how everything is. you yep. honey, You're right. gotta be in are right. So that would be the the, 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 the the two to three. Then you've got wow. your lure. If they're biting yeah. something slow, you'll know immediately. Don't bite your lure reeling it in. They'll buy, yeah. the, they'll buy the spinnerbait. They'll buy the crankbait. And if they're not, it'll take you an hour to catch that first good keeper on a down bait. And you'll know yeah. because you'll get tired of throwing your fast bait. And so once you've knocked down these variables, now you're just jumping from the water they're in back and forth all the way up or down the river. They may be in knee-deep blue water. They may be yeah. in shin-deep clear Come water. On. They may be in
2: eight-foot-deep muddy. But, yeah. you know. So you, you know, what you're saying is, and I share this with our, our listeners all the time, you've got to know how to read water. you got to know how to hunt to find them because they're not going to be in the same water every day, same type of water. So you, let's break it down real quick. You've got rock, rock structure. That's covered. You've got logs. That's covered. you got overhanging trees. Yeah, you got overhanging trees. If it's super hot, in my opinion, casting, Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: I find a lot of my bigger fish in, in the deeper green water with cover. Yeah. That's where I find them. And this, this type of weather that we're having right now, dog days, hot weather, I find them in deeper water depending on the time of the day. There you have it, Red Bone.
3: Yeah. And I guess what I ascertain from all of that <clears throat> as well is you've got to be willing to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To adapt to the different conditions because those conditions, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to change throughout the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like uh, this last tournament that we had, it was forecast for the entire week before yeah. to be raining. Mm-hmm. So, how did I prepare? I prepared by getting all the lures at work on overcast, rainy days, and I put them Here all at front yeah. and center. What happens the day of the tournament? The forecast <laughs> changed to sunny all day long. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, I had to flip my boxes, retie. Alex saw me yeah. oh, retieing there at the boat ramp. I retied I everything I had, wow. you know, and that was, that was off of an, a one-night one stint. and I went to sleep knowing that I would catch them all on what I had tied on, and I changed my entire game that morning, and it didn't bug me a bit.
2: So what you're saying to all of our listeners is you got to have a plan. You don't go just fish. You, you're planning out your trip. You've got a strategy every tournament. You're not just going to go fish. Uh, I'm going to no, go no, hole, you, this hole. You. I'm going to go that hole. if it's overcast, I'm going to throw this. If it's sunny, Mm. I'm going to throw this. I've got to find them. Yeah, Yeah, you need five. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Let's talk about that real quick before we wrap up the show. Yeah, Yeah, so what you'll need to do that people
1: don't really understand about current, and this is just for current river. I don't fish really any other rivers. This is just for current river. Yeah. The big fish are going to be where people don't throw. They're You're over right. logs. They're You're under tree right. logs. They're back in the bank in a brush pile in that little bit of swift water that's about a foot wide by a foot tall. And if you can throw your lure in there, the second it the second it hits the water, that okay. fish is either on it or he's not there.
0: Yeah,
2: you've either scared that fish or he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And now you Alex can't scare him. Yeah,
2: you can scare oh. him. Thank you?
1: Yeah. You can scare them, and what they'll do is they'll make them about a 20-minute circle out of the water somewhere, and then they'll come back. And if they get spooked again, then they're gone.
2: You've actually told, I think you told me one time, you've actually pulled into a hole, and you've watched fish just to watch how they act. Didn't you tell me that?
1: Yeah, you, got, you need to buy polarized glasses, and you need to get good glasses. But there are some days whenever you're practicing, or even some tournament days, where if the fish are out swimming around, watch where they go. Watch what they do. They're like deer. They have places they like to go, but they feel safe. I mean, yep. Alex will Alex will tell you, you can catch a fish in a tournament, let him loose at the boat ramp, and in two days, he'll be back on whatever you caught him on.
2: That's Get him right. five feet of it. He'll yeah, be there. He will. He's like a dog. You let him out of a dog pen and uh, take him somewhere and dump him out, he's going to come home. Yeah, they come home. They'll travel up to twenty miles in one day if they need to. Do you know that? Yep, and they and they they have more than one place. It's like we we
1: catch them from somewhere and they do go back, but mm-hmm. they have a number of areas that they like, and they're like they're they're the, the wolves of the water. I mean, small right. are are the wolves of the water. They go where they want and they do what they want. And and the, the the studies show that uh, 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 what is it? It's a three pound fish is roughly eighteen years old. Correct. That's a lot of wisdom to last that long in that hostile of a water. They're gonna be smart. Not everyone's gonna catch them. We've had tournaments where, where the top five leader was between twelve pound and a fifteen pound bag, and we have those tournaments. Yes. But that's we a three do. pound a- that's a three pound average for five people. That means those bass are always on that river but they don't always bite. There were 26 correct. There were twenty-six boats. That's two people a boat. That was that many rods. I'm not doing the math, but that was that many rods yeah. in that river, and there were only two, three-pounders
2: pulled out. Exactly. That's exactly. crazy.
3: And there was really good fishermen. Knowledge. Yeah, well, I was, I was just going to say, Tom, and there were— yeah, I was just gonna say there were there were there were fifty two really good fishermen trying to catch them, and only one of them got caught. So, Alex, we're out of time. We need to wrap this up and uh, and, and tell folks about uh, where to find us on the podcast to hear more with Casten Carringer.
2: Yeah, I, I, first of all, I want to thank Casten for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge. And man, you 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 are going to inspire a lot of young people to want to fish. You know, whether it's a lake or current river or wherever, and that you are a very knowledgeable young man on how to catch these rivers, smallmouth, and you've always had my utmost respect, even when we fished together. You knew that, and uh, we won a lot of tournaments together and won a lot of trophies that year that we fished. But, uh, again, I want to thank you for being on the show, and I want to wish you the best with your family and uh, hope to see you in the next tournament. We've got the king of the river coming up at the end of the month here at Van Buren, Missouri. We want to invite all of our listeners. If you think you've got what it takes to win the King of the River, we'd love to see you there. It's going to be at Van Buren, Missouri at Watercrest. Uh, you put in at 7 o'clock and you weigh in at 4, uh, 5 o'clock, and uh, anybody can enter. You don't have to be a member of the club to fish this tournament. A lot of the proceeds go to help uh, the, the, the uh, some events here in the Van Buren and Carter County area. But uh, if you want to listen to our – Bonus segment with Cass He's gonna share some strategies with you. If you love river fishing, you need to listen to this boy. And the way you listen to that is you got to go to a podcast, any podcast carrier iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify. We're on all those, and look for Alex, American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Uh, well, thank you for listening, and Cass again, thank you so much. And remember this, everybody: when your roots run deep and strong,
3: there's no reason to fear the wind.
0: So you never got to worry
3: What the wind might do American Roots Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
2: Denali Raj presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. If you're listening to this, you have joined one of the podcasters. And, again, our special guest is the Current River Smallmouth Association champion that just recently won the last smallmouth tournament on the Current River with a whopping 990, I believe it's 994, 998. What was it, Castle. I think
1: it was 9.98, but uh, yeah, yeah. I could be mistaken as well. So
2: Yeah, 9.98, he's 23 years old, he has three children, he has a new baby, It's three weeks old, and I guarantee you this little boy that he's got will be a absolute smallmouth catching fool when he gets to the age where his daddy can take him. And uh, Kassner has shared his American roots with us, where he's born, his first smallmouth, who taught him to fish, talking about fishing stage, and what we're going to do this bonus segment, he is going to share with us some of his strategies. He shared some information in the last segment of the show uh, about how to find different types of water. Uh, so what I want to do with you now, Cassidy, is so when you go fishing, you've got a plan. We talked about that. Let's talk about that plan. You've got more than one plan. you got a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and plan E. Let's talk about it.
1: All right. So the first plan that I, the first thing that I always do, I check the weather a mm-hmm. few days before and see what is leading up to it. And I mm-hmm. continually, continuously check it to mm-hmm. make sure I know what the weather is going to be like. I need mm-hmm. to know how the day is going to play out. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing. Okay. The, the second thing that I do is I pack whatever colors, whatever lures I think mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. work for that particular weather. So your green pumpkin is good for clear water. Yes, you have yes. your greens, you have your oranges with the green and black flakes, darker yep. oranges, and that's all on one spectrum, You'll have light green, dark green pumpkin seed, what have you. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you will have browns, you will have purples, you will have all of the colors that are for darker water. Now, if you have Mm -hmm. rain, and and, and most people know this, some people don't, so I'll go ahead and say it. If you have rain a few days leading up to or the day before a tournament, Mm -hmm. it's going to fill those creeks up, and you're going to have mud and silt dump into that river, and that river's Mm going to get darker. So Mm -hmm. you're going to need to go on the dark side of the spectrum. Don't Mm -hmm. confuse that with going to a green pump into a darker lure. Go to lighter lures. For the You're right, water. That, yeah. and that will be your your purples, your 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 grays, your browns. All that shows up differently in the water. What we see isn't what they see. That's just Correct. it's something you have to figure out, if no one tells you. It's, it doesn't make sense. It just is what it is. Yeah. So I normally and and again, if I practice and I rarely practice, I don't like to get into my head that I think I, where the fish are going to be. Mm-hmm. because you don't fish memories, or at least I don't like to fish memories. I'll just uh-huh. go and fish what looks good, and mm-hmm. I I know what water they're in, I've got something to go off of, and if I don't, mm-hmm. trust me, I'll know within the hour. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. but I don't like to go downriver in case of any mo- motor problems, because if you, go, you up go river, you can fish your way down. But if you go down first thing, mm-hmm. and you have a blow-up or something happens, you're yeah, in right, the game. Yeah. You're not you're fishing, right. you're working. But if you're upriver and something happens, one guy's fishing, and the other guy's working on it. Yeah, And that works. There you
2: go. Great strategy, man.
3: That is a great strategy. This
2: guy's prepared, isn't he, Red Bull?
3: He is prepared. And I um, also, you know, I want to ask, and I know you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> certain colors for clear water, certain colors for stained water, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, certain colors for muddy water. What about different colors for sunny days? and different colors for cloudy days.
1: Uh, it it kind of really follows the same guidelines. Okay. If you have a cloudy day, then you're going to want to throw your, uh, your, your uh, cinnamon purples, your browns, mm-hmm. the darker and let the lighter, the lighter you go. If you have a sunny day, I mean, it's all sun, all the water lit up. Then you have yes. your green pumpkins, your pumpkin seeds. And, and Really, it's those two categories. It's not like the lake. You don't use chartreuse. You don't no. use bright orange. You don't use whites generally, other than a spinnerbait or a fast moving reactionary lure. Mm-hmm. But if you're not throwing a reactionary lure, you're within those two categories right. green you're right. or
2: bright. You're right. You're right. You're right. Let me ask you this since you've asked that question, Red uh, We talked about fluorescence, and you just said. Some people don't like the throw fluorescence. Is there ever a time that you have thrown fluorescence?
1: Purple and chartreuse work good for stained water.
2: There you go.
1: There you but go. you have to move them slow. Mm-hmm. Generally, mm-hmm. you'd have to find a heavier spinnerbait. And that's why I say, I tell people all the time, you don't have to have a current river spinnerbait. No. You just need to have two types of spinnerbait. You need one little spinnerbait, one little light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you need one big spinnerbait.
2: That's all you need. That's what I got on two different rods. I've got a war mm-hmm. uh, 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 eagle on one, and I've got a casting carringer or carringer spinnerbait on my other one. Yep. I got. Yep. See, it's all strategy, everybody's listening. Uh, if you want to be a true champion, no matter what it is, it's an everyday life. you got to have a plan uh, it, for your work ethic, for fishing, for hunting, everything. Uh, what you've learned in this throughout this show, a 23-year-old young man that's a father to three children, two stepchildren and a new baby, that is explaining to you he has a strategy for his success. And he's proving it by winning these tournaments or get, placing in these tournaments. He won the last one. The nearest guy to you was how many pounds?
1: I'm sorry. I couldn't quite understand that. Are you asking okay. how many pounds
2: I had? No, the last guy, the last term you won was nine ninety eight. The next guy to you was right at nine pounds. So you yeah. won it almost a pound. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and it, the it go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. No, go I, ahead. It sh- it should
1: have been more. I actually lost a very, very large fish right off the bat that morning. I lost one I, I I'd say it had to be over four pounds. Oh
2: yeah. Oh, wow. What is your best smallmouth ever on currently?
1: My best smallmouth is a four forty seven. Uh, I caught it late wow. in the year. It was wow. just starting to put on a winter weight, but it was a four forty seven.
2: What do you think of that, Red Bow?
3: Yeah, that's a pretty good fish. And, uh, and I guess before we wrap it up here, uh, you just mentioned, Keston, that you, you, you lost a really good fish right at the beginning of the tournament. Does that, I mean, do you, does that discourage you or does that – get you pumped up, that, oh, man, it's going to be a good day, or do you go, oh, no, I'm going to have bad luck like this all day long? I mean, what what is your mindset when a big fish gets off right at the beginning of a tournament?
1: My mindset is, oh, no, this is horrible. It's all over <laughs> for about five minutes. You could stay with me here. Stay with me here for about five minutes, and then I catch that next fish. And I'm reminded it's okay. It's one cast at a time. If you don't make it up, you learn your lesson. And if you do make it up, woo As <laughs> like you saw, we, we made it up, but I did. I there for about five minutes. I was telling myself that that was it, that we're going to lose because of that. And then I remembered, I honestly, whenever I fished a tournament with Alex, I caught a very large fish in the last 15 minutes of the tournament on the spare I, bay, I was, in, the, was, in the rain. Remember that, Alex?
2: Oh, yeah. You remember the great big and you lost right above Donovan in that rock jam? Yep. You had a giant on it. She got off.
1: Oh, oh yeah.
2: Absolute giant. Yeah. Oh, Alex, Alex will tell you, I have, I have at least one big fish on every tournament. Every tournament. Every tournament. And I'm telling you all that's listening, uh, we hope the show motivates you have plans when you fish, and we just want to encourage people to get out and fish. Take your kids, and so they can experience what we love to do. It's in our roots, man. Uh, it was passed down to Casting through his daddy and his grandpa. So uh, we want everybody to experience what we're experiencing here at American Roots, and that's why I wanted Casting on the show because he has a passion. You can hear it when he talks. He's very knowledgeable. And again, I want to thank you for. Being on the show and thank you for doing the podcast with us, also.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed myself. This is this is a lot of fun, guys.
2: Yes, it is. Now let me wrap it up with this, Redbone. How, if you want people to ask you questions, do you have a Facebook page or do you do Facebook?
1: I do no forms of social media whatsoever. I am not on the grid.
2: Yeah, not on the grid. There you have it, folks. He's a loner, a lone wolf. Casting carriage, a smallmouth bass catching beast. Thank you for being on the show. Blessings to you and your family. And the next tournament, the king of the river, the end of this month at Van Buren, Missouri. Again, thank you, all the listeners. Go to our podcast, listen to it, and leave us a rating. Uh, we'll have some type of giveaway down the road here, and you're liable to win something from us the American Reach Outdoors
3: and our partners.
2: Thank you all for listening. And remember, when your roots run deep and
3: strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.